spoken lately. I haven't thought about flying for a long time. I haven't dreamed of that moment when I was alone above the clouds for a long time. I haven't dreamed of waking up in a room surrounded in blue and green grass more years than I could dream of memory. I haven't walked back into the past or scratched on the doors of my origins, where it all came from, since I held up that cape for the last time. Return to Kent Town 10th year anniversary edition is a revised version of Ambien's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional material. Spoken Hi, it's Ambien from Spoken Label. Thank you today for streaming or downloading another episode of Spoken Label. Spoken Label was originally set up on beginning of the 2016 and as of speaking has currently nearly 300 sessions. The full archive is available on Spoken Label full stop bandcamp.com although it is available for free for stream and download if you wish i am always grateful for any sort of kind of donation to enable to me to keep the running costs this podcast going and enjoy take care bye-bye spoken label hi guys andy Ed, spoken label back in the house we're over the seas again to ireland and we're catching up with a lovely lady tonight who's a dear, been a dear friend of mine for a couple of years now so dear friend i'm not going to introduce you i'm going to let you introduce yourself so would you like to introduce yourselves, obviously, tell everybody who you are, a brief bio, and we'll start from there. Hi, I'm Danielle Holian. I'm author of three poetry books. My newest one is titled Surviving You. I'm also a journalist and public relations based in music. And yeah, that's me. Yeah, now we first talked, obviously, if anyone wants to refer back to the podcast, I think it was last year, wasn't it, when we first yeah. spoke on this? I know we've known each other, what, for about five years, is it? Four or five years? I say more than that, to be honest. Yeah, it probably is, actually, isn't it? So it probably, it's been a few years anyway, right? So, yeah. But I know we talked about your second book, The Dilemma, last year, and I've, I've, I've read all three books, and Abusively Chaotic has been the first one. Now... Obviously, we're here today to talk about your brand new book, which is actually out tomorrow, but this podcast will be out a few days after that, Surviving You. Now, I don't know, it's, it's a difficult one. It's a, a difficult one, Daniel. Not the fact is it's a great book, and it's probably my favourite book of yours this so far. Thank you. But, but, do you want to tell us about the background of this book, first of all, then, where it came from? Yeah, um, this book... Uh, compared to my other ones, was written over numerous of years. But just in the last year, due to COVID and being at home all the time during the lockdowns, I just kind of said to myself, I have a lot of healing to do and things to process. So the title came to me about this time last year where I was like, okay, I have a lot of things to survive, a lot of things that I need to just deal with and process. So compiling poems that didn't make my first two poetry collections beautifully chaotic and the dilemma and writing just things where it was more therapeutic just writing in my journal and I was like okay I'm actually working on my third book now this is great and then it was just the in the last year it was like okay when do I actually want this to come out how do I want this collection to be different from my other two and 
will I discuss similar teams, go heavier into certain topics. And it was just kind of offloading so much that it was kind of more so a therapy session with myself, just one-on-one, like, okay, how am I feeling today? What do I want to discuss? And in my own time, I feel lighter now that the book is officially done. It will be out tomorrow. And just things I discussed, like mental health, um, trauma of relationships, anything I went through and getting feedback from friends or anything, any snippets I've put up online. It's like, okay, I have a voice. I want to use this. And in turn, the book is about 500 pages, which I did not expect compared to my other two collections, which are, I think both of them are just about 200 pages. So this one was like, okay, will this be my last poetry book before I move on maybe to write a novel or go into writing film scripts or something else than just strictly poetry? So I think in the back of my mind, it was like, okay, compile a load of poems that I just want out there in the book and everything felt right in the end. So it was just a lot like the book is a lot like 500 pages and going through it, even rereading it back multiple times this summer, it was like, okay, this book is done. Everything I needed to say or feel is in it, which is great. But being on the other side now, it's like, oh gosh, I'm very proud of myself that it's officially done. You are with that because I remember we talked last year about it, obviously this book, I think you had it under a different name at that point, if my memory's correct. But again, people, because someone could listen back to the podcast and correct me on that. But I'm pretty sure at the time you weren't, you were expecting it not to be the length that you were, this book. So did you find then over time then, when you got to the end of the book, did you actually look at the manuscript thinking, wow. Yeah, it was what I usually do when I'm writing is I'll write on pen and paper and then I'll put it on like a Google Word document. And when I was getting to the stage where I was compiling the manuscript, I printed out everything and I was placing it on my bedroom floor where things fell oh, right. I do. I do that. I do that. And it's, it can be an absolute nightmare. <laughs> yeah, the, the first two books I did that for, they were fine. But this collection because there was a lot I had to cut out, um, one for the Lent and two, it was, I, I didn't want to repeat something that, unless it was kind of at the beginning of the book, oh, this happened, and then at the end in hindsight or the process or whatever. But seeing so many pages coming out of my printer when I printed everything off to edit and just piece together, it was like, okay, maybe I shouldn't, be writing much more and I knew in myself when the book was finished but it was just these like more ideas where maybe I do have another poetry collection in mind for another time but just trying to stop myself like okay I need to be in editing mode and creating this book rather than being like oh I have another idea sort of thing but coming to the end I literally just had to tell myself, no more, I'm done. I can't be writing more poetry for this project. Yeah, it, I, would, have, it would have burnt me out completely, that juncture, because like I said, forward the book, we're nearly 500 pages. That's incredible. Yeah. We were talking, Mom, 
candidly before before we start recording about Charles Bukowski. Because like yes. it was um like it's easy only poet I've ever known that had the gall to actually go along and bring out books of this length. Because yeah. A lot the, the books I've all done he's been on just under under hundred pages. I like it to keep it concise. But when I yeah. saw that we were joking before and I opened up the manuscript last week to look at this and I flashed up four hundred and ninety-three pages. I thought my actual word document had corrupted. So yeah. <laughs> that's why. But have you caught caught many people out of this by sending out advanced copies to people so far? Yeah, I've got in touch with a few people who have reviewed my other two books and then a few other people where I've just discovered um, this year, whether it's through Instagram, Twitter, um, because there's a lot of topics in this book that I knew it had to be safe with if they were reviewing it or just reading it for themselves. I didn't want to give somebody the book that couldn't understand either mental health, trauma, any topic where if they hadn't been through it sort of thing that I didn't want to just give the book to somebody and expect them to understand everything, which like there's a lot of stuff going on in the book that I I don't expect everyone to understand. But I found that kind of difficult narrowing down people I felt safe to even just discuss the book, whether it was just one message or back and forth banter kind of thing that it was compared to my other two books, it was just a bit difficult to be like, okay, even the press, like doing PR for this book as well. It's, it's just placing my work and where I am today in the safe hands rather than getting everyone to talk about it, which I tried to do with the dilemma as well. So it's just being safe and understanding, okay, this book isn't meant for everyone but the people it will find, they will understand. And I think that's the main thing right now, rather than trying to get the book noticed by everyone sort of thing. Yeah, no, of course. I get you completely with it. Now, I do have to ask you, obviously, anybody that reads this book, you'll see it's split into four sections. Yes. The breaking, the aching, the healing and the making. Now, I don't want to go into too much detail on this because it is such a personal manuscript. You know, I know you, I know you by your work alone and it will be. But yeah. was this a conscious decision to split this into like, it's almost like four books in one, basically. Was yeah. it a conscious decision straight from the beginning to do this? No, um, I didn't. When I went into this project, I didn't know if I wanted it just to be a run-on poetry book or split into chapters like I did with my other two I wanted to do something different um, and unique to me but the more I went on and when I was printing off the poems before they were in chapters or anything I knew at the beginning of the book there's so much pain then the middle of the book is kind of finding myself and at the end it's everything comes full circle and like I am okay today and at the end of the book there's like even rereading it recently there's poems in there that you don't have to have gone through anything traumatic that you might just be like I'm feeling lost in life I think the closing chapter is brilliant for that just to be like okay I will get there one day and it'll be fine but splitting them up into chapters is like okay how do I do this and do I just want it to be maybe two chapters like beginning the end do I want multiple chapters but it was kind of how I chose it the number four stood out writing this book and 
being released on the 22nd, that was another thing. So in my head, it was like, okay, connecting it back to the meaning of the book for me, which was very personal. It was just having the meaning rather than things just being a bit weird that even going back to Beautifully Chaotic, there's four chapters there for a reason. And even with The Dilemma, there's three chapters there for a reason. So in my head, it's everything just connects and makes sense. We're trying to explain it to even just a friend about the book. It's like, okay, am I crazy for going like into detail with sometimes the number of pages, the number of poems, like per chapter sort of thing. But everything in my head, it just made sense. It connected. Yeah, no, I'm getting clear of it. So like I said, I, I was wondering, like, I know obviously previous books were split into, two books were split in this section as well, but this felt obviously because of yeah. the length of it, it felt like it was almost like four, four novellas in one, really, all interlinked yeah. together. It's, it's great writing, really is, like I said with it. Thank you. And it's like, if this is you after being locked in for nearly a year, what are you going to write in the next year? Here's the next question. But we'll come on to that in a few minutes. So now, obviously... Obviously, we've been talking about, I know a lot of this has come from, obviously, you said already, been locked in for the past year over lockdown. How has this yeah. impacted you as a writer then? Honestly, I haven't taken a step back to even acknowledge that question myself or ask myself. Um, but I found compared to before the pandemic where I had a life, I was going out, meeting friends, work, college, all that crack. Whereas just the last year being at home, kind of surrounded by my four walls, on my laptop, on my phone, with my notepad, all the time just writing, I burned myself out completely. And it wasn't until this summer when I was like, no, this book is done. I was still writing pieces, but it didn't feel, I didn't feel the spark or the inspiration to be like, yes, I can actually continue writing and maybe not release the book when I wanted to but just coming back to how I see like even just changes in myself as a writer I've been so burnt out the last I say couple of months anyway that I just have a fear at the moment that when I go to be like oh I actually have a line like for a poem or like I do a bit of songwriting as well or just even like in my journalism work, I have to be creative for the articles I write. So just stuff like that. It's, I have a fear going into writing now, but I know that fear is just, I think it's just my body telling me, okay, you need a break. You wrote this book. It's about 500 pages. That's a lot while keeping like the journalism ongoing. And if I want to write a song about something that there's so much, for me to do where like I do even see outside writing I do read a lot I do like arts and crafts but I'm very creative but in saying that like I've just noticed like being cooped up and even if it's just my bedroom not moving around the house much this last year it's okay I need other hobbies to enjoy writing and find my way back because I know even years ago before I even released Beautifully Chaotic I got so burnt out of writing, I couldn't pick up a pen, I wasn't inspired by anything. And it took me about six months to get out of that rush to be like, I am needed that break. But when I find my feet again in writing, it'll be amazing. And I just think the sort of break I'm taking at the moment, it's brilliant. But at the same time, I just wish I had that creative spark to be like, 
I'm going through so much greatness in my life right now. So many things are happening that I just want to sit down and document my life through poetry like I've always done, but just my body taking a break without me knowing and my head not being able just to even process like reading at the moment. I do try to read a lot, but just compared to this time last year, I haven't read as much. So even that alone is just kind of getting me down, but just again, going back, like I need a break. I'm completely burnt out, but at the same time, I do feel the creative energy resting and building up so maybe tomorrow next week next month I'll be back writing poetry again so we'll never know good no I think you're doing the right thing you're just trying to crack on with it really so yeah don't force it because I've been I'm at that stage myself at the moment and it's it's not because of lockdown just because my head's been the head's not in that space at the moment and I think you do I think as all writers we go through spells like that sometimes where yeah you just need to take a step backwards, really, don't you? Completely. And, and then to see the way, see the where the lay of the land goes next, because like I said, you after doing this sort of effort as a book, do you, you're already hinting at it before, weren't you? Saying that you could see yourself doing a novel, possibly, or a screenplay yeah. next. So, is that why do you think you're going to be probably heading that direction next before possibly going back to poetry in the future? Yeah, there's so many things I want to do that. When I finished this book, I told nobody. I just left it there like for a few days and I was like, okay, what do I do now? Because usually I have a project, whether it's like writing this book or writing my previous books, there was always something going on. And just when I finished, I was like, okay, I am interested in film. I'm interested in so many things that are writing. So I have many outlets, but it's like in my head, it's like poetry is so accessible to me. I can go online, I can write something and post it on, say, Instagram immediately, get feedback. That's great. But things like a film script where I want to be behind the camera in front, doesn't matter what it is that the theatre even attracts me. So it's just, I think, being home this last year on my own, it's like, OK, I'm not so shy anymore. I want to be on stage, whether it's performing my poetry or doing a play again, or maybe just writing it, being behind the screen, just something where my creative outlet is being used rather than me just saying, okay, maybe I'll just give up writing completely where I have said that multiple times, but then immediately it's like, okay, no, that's not going to happen. So there's so many things I do want to do but like I know when the time is right like when I finish this book I'll know what will be next and where to go what different avenues to either just look through I don't have to do anything that's what I'm trying to teach myself now is just patience I can't say no I don't have to jump on the first opportunity that comes my way so just giving myself a break but at the same time thinking about what I actually want to do next and there's no pressure so it's interesting yeah I think when you get to that sort of stage sometimes where if you let it's not a case of stop writing or taking a break from it is where you're leaving your body or mind open to what it wants to do next result naturally and yeah. then it's like that's what I think as a creative person it gets interesting because that's why I found that myself when I've actually talked gone into other projects like podcasting really that's where they started for me 
when I wanted to take a break from writing, just moved to see where things went different direction next for myself. Yeah. And you said already that like, you, you do music journalism, don't you, as well? I do, yeah. And, and that's like, who knows, like you said, where it's going to lead you next for yourself. So good luck with Daniela, definitely. So that's so. Thank that you. One now. Okay, you know, let's cover all our questions today for you now. I'll let you do the hard sell. So if people want to find out more about you, where are the best going next? Um, on my Instagram, that's Danielle Holian underscore. You can, like, I'm mostly there almost every day, whether it's posts or my stories. And then linked in my bio, you can find my Facebook, Twitter. My books are available worldwide on Amazon. But on my website, there's, um, you can find my books and then all the links to whatever bookshop, wherever you are in the world, you can purchase them from. But yeah, mostly Instagram. If you want to drop me a DM, if you want to just check out what I'm doing that particular day, whatever, um, I'm mostly there. Brilliant. Okay, okay then. Well, I know you're going to do a couple of pieces for the next, so hang around, everybody. As always, I'm looking forward to this. Thank you again, Daniela. We'll see you in a minute. Spoken mate. Hi, guys. Still here with Daniela. She's got three points today from her new book. Over to you, Daniela. Thank you. So this poem is called Trauma, and it goes like this. I still live with the memories, flashbacks, and cold sweats that wake me up in the middle of the night, and I rest my heavy soul at the graves of those who left me but remain in my memory. Trauma isn't one size fits all. Brilliant. I was expecting something a bit longer then, but I know, I know we all like your points, and you can do the most little, little ones and say a lot yeah, of a few words. Yeah, <laughs> I go through longer, short. It's, I don't know how I do it, but I get to the point eventually. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I agree, straight away. Brilliant. Okay, then, let you move on then. On to number two. This one is called My Safe Place. My library is my therapy filled with books by authors who understand me and I bury myself in the pages of how I feel unable to vocalize my feelings and as my silent screams begin to fade I found my safe place. Oh that's beautiful that's really really beautiful that one Daniela really really touching so okay yeah. I know you're going to go on to your, the big finale now then aren't you? <laughs> yes the one of the closing poems of the book and gets me every time this one is called to a future lover falling isn't an option i want to feel grounded surrounded by love in a union that blends my past into a perfect harmony and a blissful happiness i long for a healthy relationship and patterns to mend old wounds to prove love can be good Wow, excellent again. Sorry about that. I had to hit the wrong button then, so I can't mute myself again. <laughs> Brilliant, Daniel. That, that was really quite touching again, that. And I thought you've read two, three really short, quite succinct, beautiful pieces there today. Wonderful. Thank you. Anytime I reread them back, like out loud or just in my head, it's it's like, did I write this? This is my work. It's incredible each time. And I'm incredibly proud of this entire collection. So, yeah, you see, certainly what I would be with that as well for what you've done there as well with it. So, like it was like, like I said, before, we've been talking for some years now, and I've seen your, your writing develop, really develop in the past couple of years. And 
this is for me is is a real defining book for you so far. Thank so you. Good luck with it, definitely. So now hang around, because we do need to talk off mic as always. But thank you again, Daniel. It's been a pleasure as always. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, take care, guys. See you all soon. Spoken, mate.